0: So, Clay, I thought that we'd uh, start up this second episode of Star Trek Picard, its second season, it's called Penance, mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. before we get into it, with a quick discussion about the Borg queen from the first episode wearing the mask is Picard's mother thing because this has generated a lot of discussion on our Discord. Um, mm-hmm. I think the thing that probably maybe started it is Red Letter Media had a video where they did a review of the first sec- uh, first episode and that came as like, they played it off as some kind of like a revelation or something. Um, mm-hmm. I, to start off with, I, I thought that the red letter media one was funny just because it seems clearly that uh, Mike, one of the people in that video like sneezed or something during the line where the Borg queen says, look up to Picard Um because I don't see the Borg. So there's two camps here to this argument. There's, there's mm. the, the Borg wearing the helmet in the first episode is going to be Picard's mother. And then there's the take that it's not going to be Picard's mother. And the reason that people would think that it is the mother is because they have the scene where the, in the flashback, Picard's mother says, look up to the stars or whatever. And before he gets blown up in the ship by the Borg, the Borg queen looks at him and says, look up, Picard. And he gives her kind of like a what the hell did you say to me kind of look like only my mm-hmm. mother says that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: <laughs> it's not I- like it's not like she could have been in the crowd at uh, starfleet academy when he gave that speech no Isn't that what he, doesn't he say that in the speech he too? does
0: he references his mother yeah he brings up brings up the speech i just i was a if little
1: if q if q hadn't sent them back in time the next part of that line would have been look up was my favorite part of the speech <laughs>
0: <laughs> eyes up here as, as, my mother always used to say eyes up here which i've <laughs> which i've turned into look up um so i i think that the the funny thing about it is that it's kind of it kind of seems to have. I I don't know how to perceive this. Like I I'm torn. I don't think that there is any way that the Borg Queen at the start wearing the helmet turns out to be Picard's mother because hmm. if it if they are doing that, it's a terrible reveal because they've already kind of shown their hand that it has to be the mother because she said that, right? So there's two ways to play this. You can either either have it be a red herring, which is what I think it is, and that they're just going to have the queen say something that his mother said, and it's not going to be his mother. Or you play your hand, and you expose your hand early, and you reveal to Picard and the audience that it is his mother in the first episode, and we spend the rest of the season going, how did this happen? The way that they've done it is to cover the face and conceal who it is, and have her drop a mysterious line that implies that it's the mother but I could be very wrong because I don't know what these writers are capable of for these shows mm-hmm. but it just doesn't seem any way possible to me that the board queen can be the mother going forward what do you say um, I am inclined to agree could be wrong I'm, I'm hedging everything with that they could completely they could completely shock yeah. me with how they wrote this sequence of events yeah, I'm not sure because like
1: if you think back to season one of Discovery, the internet parsed out that Ash Tyler was a secret Klingon after like an episode and a half. Yes, And that was a legitimate reveal that they were not trying to telegraph and they were actually trying to use as a huge reveal. Um, so I would have to assume <clears throat> for them to be this blatant about putting a masked figure who happens to know Picard, Picard's mom's favorite quote. I have to assume the the purpose of that is a red herring. Um
0: otherwise I otherwise why can't yeah. her face is the thing.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there is some possibility that um I think there's a third possibility that maybe it is still going to be a reveal and then from that point they're going to Work backwards to show you why it's that happened, which I don't think is going to be very interesting.
0: But why? Do <clears throat> you mean a reveal of the mother? Yes. But yeah. why? Why cover her face at that point? Then,
1: yeah, I don't know. It's a really good question because I mean, if anything, it's more shocking if she shows up and she's like, "Hey, son."
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I mean because then you'd spend this whole thing yeah. going like, "Wow, what? How? How did this all happen?" But right. Yeah. I, I. I don't. I mean, I guess you're supposed to think that anyway if it if it implies that it's mother, but I don't understand like. I don't know. I just don't see what the point of giving that line is at that yeah. point.
1: Well, I like <clears throat> the one thing that I will say that is in the is in the camp of it's his mother and it's just a poorly conceived mystery that they're going to reveal and everyone's gonna be dissatisfied by it <clears throat> is that in season two of Discovery, uh, as soon as the Red Angel thing showed up, everybody was like, Oh, it's Michael Barnum in the suit which is exactly ultimately what happened.
0: Mm-hmm. But they never um, had a character outright say something that implied that that's the case. Or like this is not a true. Case of, This is not a case of incredible internet detective work. It's a character literally right. says something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it
1: is. It is not. Um, I I have to believe that it's not his mother because I don't understand how that mystery plays into anything else that has happened so far in these two episodes right um which makes me inclined to believe that it's either a character we have yet to meet or that that will mean something to picard later or it is like agnes or something
0: let's get into it then this is penance it's the second episode of the second season of star trek picard it came out on march 10th 2022 Teleplay goes to Akiva Goldsman, Terry Metalis, and Christopher Monfett. Story credit goes to Michael Chabon, Akiva Goldsman, Terry Metalis, and Christopher Monfett, directed by Douglas Arnie Okoski in Universe State 2401. In this episode called Penance, which I, th- I feel like I have to say like Delancey Penance, Picard finds himself <laughs> transported to an alternative timeline in the year 2400 which might be, I don't know, that contradicts with what the other thing said. Anyway, where his longtime nemesis, Q, has orchestrated one final trial. Picard searches for his trusted crew as he attempts to find the cause of this dystopian future, this dystopian totalitarian nightmare Mm. future that he's found himself in. First of all, I want to say thanks to all the patrons. We had a tremendous showing in the new patron section here. The Patreon uh, increased quite dramatically with the Picard coverage. So thank you, everybody, for for showing up. I feel like Jimmy from South Park. like, wow, what a great audience, but it's, (laughs) it's, um, it's really appreciated. It's much appreciated. Very kind, very generous of you. And here we go. No further ado. We'll get into penance. Clay, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm. If you could go back in time and you can do one of two things, you can kill baby Hitler, or you can kill the guy who will eventually write mirror, mirror for TOS. Which one do you choose to do (laughs) to stop the torture that we're being put through at this point in our lives?
1: Yeah, um, uh, I I don't understand why they keep going back to this well. It is, it's, this is one of the more, it's tough because some of the stuff they're tossing around in this episode is kind of fun, um, but ultimately this alternate present that they are presenting brings zero new concepts to the table, um. And I just like I felt my, my my problem with this show so far is like I'm having a really hard time, like keying into anything, and like why I why should I care about any of this?
0: Yeah, that's a t- <clears throat> typical reaction to the modern track, I think.
1: Yeah, in this whole episode, like I <laughs> at the end of the episode when they got caught, I actually I actually kind of went uh <laughs> 'Cause I like I just I didn't want to spend any more time here. I just right. want them to get Gets moving. The past. Like, they they don't present any interesting ideas that make me want to hang around and explore this present that they're in. And it just felt like everything was just sort of like going through the motions in order to get to the the main body of the story. Yeah. And so which makes me feel like you know, we're coming back next week. I, I, I don't think that they. I, I think the. I, I saw a clip from like a teaser clip, and I'm pretty sure they they don't actually spend much time here. I think they get off. I think they get away from the first first man pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it's just like it 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 didn't make me go oh shit how are they going to get out of this? It made me go oh shit we have to do this again. I'm
0: right? Yeah, we have to deal with this guy. I, I know. And it's, like yeah.
1: it, I don't know. It's. I don't find it to be a future that is really like what is Picard learning from this future? I I don't I I'm confused. I guess that's I guess I'm just kind of confused about like what the the narrative line is supposed to be here cuz you know, you got the thing with the Borg Queen. The Borg shows up. The Borg seems to be w- wanting help and is doing something in in a way where she, the Boar Queen is indicating that she knows Picard on some level that may or may not be related to his mother. Um, <clears throat> she's not killing anybody on the ship. And then uh, she's plugging into the ship, blah, bitty, blah, 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 blah. And then we find out in this episode that Q has used that moment to remove them from this timeline yeah. and put them in this new timeline in order for them to go back in time
0: to fix something to straighten out the timeline yeah that picard that q implies picard knows what it is too mm-hmm. and another thing of no character will ever just say what the hell is going on they have to just hint at it right you
1: know? yeah why i mean maybe this is the question they want you to ask but like why did q interfere like i don't understand how these two things are connected like it'll what is it'll, yeah sorry god i i just like what is the <clears throat> catalyst moment that connects whatever was happening on the stargazer to whatever is going to happen in the past right to to create an alternate timeline
0: that q would care about to show picard at that point
1: right yeah yeah i i i just found it kind of it it seemed very disconnected to me and maybe it's just a matter of it only being the second episode in this you know the story they're telling which is you know i'm totally willing to to accept that um but like I almost kinda wish this was the first episode. Right. Because like Picard waking up and finding himself the first episode he wakes up and he's in the middle of this alternate future or alternate <laughs> present and <laughs> yeah. Q is there and he's like, I'm freaking out Picard and it's all your fault. Like, that's a great way to open a season. I don't know. It is. I don't know why we needed to do all that other
0: shit. But Yeah, well they had um, a better episode that they wanted to put out first, I think. And then they were uh, like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then penance comes in. Um Yeah, I I think my thing, like I found this to be a pretty tedious episode of the show in a lot of ways. Like it, it, I think it's a big step down from the first episode. It feels like a lot of new Trek stuff has come back into play that they want to do all the time. And I never think is very effective. Here's my biggest thing about it. It's 50, it's like 55 minutes long. And I think that this show just screams insecurity about who we are writing the show for. Right. So. Mm-hmm. On one hand, you have Q returning to Picard. He brings him into this thing. They have this scene where all these skulls are in his alternate timeline house, right? It's mm-hmm. the people he's, con- he's conquered. Now, and Q starts going through them, and if you're familiar with Star Trek, you go, oh, it's every character who's ever had a recurring guest appearance on the show <laughs> is going to show up as a skull. If you're unfamiliar with that, right? This is the skull of Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> <laughs> he played a fish man early in TNG's days. So, I bet you
1: can't tell me which fish he was.
0: <laughs> so if if you're watching this and you're familiar with it, you go, oh, I know all these things. And it's a little weird that we know every single character of the skulls that are named. If you're unfamiliar with the show, it's probably more impactful because it pro- you don't actually realize how small of the universe is that they're painting at that time. Mm-hmm. And you kind of go, oh, okay, mm-hmm. he conquered a great number of people. So they they they're... Extremely eager to do all these Star Trek callbacks. Q references multiple Star Trek episode titles in this. He references *In a Mirror, Darkly* and *Yesterday's Enterprise* by name. There,
1: I, I, I thought the most egregious one was when they were standing out, out looking over the, um, the the wine field. Yes, the, the he vineyard. Says, look, <laughs> he says, look out there at that encounter at
0: Far Point, Part One. <laughs> It was a little bit on the nose, so they're they're bringing in all these Star Trek references, right? Everything everything is an Easter egg. Everything, all these weapons on the thing. If you look at all the Star Trek sites, are props from previous Star Trek stuff. So, what happens in the episode is that now this is a modern Star Trek television show, and they can't write in the old days. What used to happen is that if you had a time travel episode, or you went into an alternate universe, all the other characters would wake up in this universe, right? And Data or Spock would pull out a tricorder and go, we're in an alternate universe where all yeah. these things have gone bad. And you go, okay, I understand. We got limits of time. They're going to blast through this. In modern Star Trek, the characters stumble around for 45 fucking minutes going, what yeah. is going on? What's happening? How can this be? Until they all get together And then Picard and Seven, who have been to 10 million alternate universes between the two of them, have to go, this is an alternate universe. Mm -hmm. This is not our universe something has happened that split the timeline much like that yesterday's enterprise episode i wonder i wonder how this could be to me this episode just drags because the characters act like they've never been here before like this has never happened to these star trek characters and it's so infuriating to me i just want someone to pull out a tricorder and say we're in an alternate future how do we how the how the hell do we fix this at this point
1: yeah actually one of our one of our discord members i can't remember who it was said that the the biggest proof that they, the people who are writing this don't realize they're writing Star Trek is that when Seven wakes up, she doesn't immediately say computer and program. Yes, she does to, her to testing try.
0: the pain and the smell and the taste and everything, but doesn't just ask to show arch or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's like, like, it's kind of... It's, I find it to be kind of a retread of the previous episode. That's why I kind of said like you could actually start the season with this episode because it's actually kind of a more interesting way to dip, in, dip back into these characters, to dip in through this um, alternate universe thing, yeah. in which case them coming together actually feels like, oh, they have to find each other. Whereas we already saw them do that in the last episode. That's and true. now they got to do it again except now they all have to go uh oh, yeah, uh i mean I, uh, i'm a bad i'm a bad guy yeah and it's just kill them all i don't know yeah. like and but and there's so many small things i i try I really try not to get too picky with this stuff if i can help it but like rios is a, a colonel in this confederation army <laughs> and he's He's still the only person on his fucking
0: ship, yeah. <laughs> and he's still just in a freighter ship,
1: apparently. Yeah. Why did? The, why is he still the only person? He's a colonel on this ship attacking Vulcan, and he's just—it's just him.
0: And he just fucks off too, which I thought was funny. Yeah, yeah
1: he just <laughs> tells everybody to go ahead. He just leaves. Also, man, they are really. Really banking on fixing what's going on because they let a lot of people die. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they, they there are so many people who get killed directly or indirectly in this. It really makes me think that they're banking on correcting the timeline. That they're definitely going to fix this.
0: It's a good. The other. It's a good point about the ship, though. Yeah, I didn't. I. I, I just. I didn't realize he was just by himself. I mean, obviously he is by himself, but I was just struck by he's in the same ship, which is not a yeah, military ship. Yeah. yeah.
1: The other tiny thing was <laughs> at the end during Annihilation Day or Eradication Day or whatever, mm-hmm. <clears throat> when Picard is standing there
0: with a fucking gun to the head of the... <laughs> <laughs> For a 15-minute scene where he has For to
1: slowly minutes. raise his gun. He is standing, pointing a gun in the direction of the president of the federal Confederation, yes. and nobody seems to care. If he had just clicked that gun like, 15 degrees to the left he could have assassinated the president (laughs) and like i don't know it seems like a tiny detail maybe but it's like it's it's stuff like that where it's like oh i mean no that would never happen you would never let somebody with a gun point it in the general not only is it in the general direction of the president but it's like 15 other people yeah but i don't know it's those are two tiny nitpicks but like yeah i feel like they're retreading a lot of ground in a lot of ways, in this episode,
2: um,
1: I actually kind of liked the skull room. Um, I didn't mind the name drops as much as some people did, mm-hmm. um, because I think at least in that in that specific scene, the names that they're dropping are people who are uh, in positions of power. Yeah, um, imp- that we know. Yeah, you know, like Saric, and and it's one of those things where it's like I feel like you have to make a decision for yourself when you come to these things. We've said this a million times. If you're going to watch Star Trek, you're going to want to see Star Trek stuff. So, like, everybody has their own threshold for what that means, I guess. Because, like, if – I feel like there's such a glut of larger universe stuff these days that people forget that 25 years ago it was fucking crazy every time something that you knew showed up. Sure. Like, for instance, like in uh, Batman Forever – Bruce Wayne, just in casual conversation, says the word Metropolis, and people lost their fucking minds. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and now people seem to think that they are sick of it. But like, what I, what I like about that stuff, especially in a show like Picard, which is in the future, is that it does draw everything together and make it feel like it's more of a singular universe. Um, yes. But I do understand... The idea that doing that too much makes things feel like makes that universe feel really small,
0: yeah. So, well, I mean, I I guess that the point that I would try to hit at is that I I think it does make it too small. Like, it's not that he name drops one name and a bunch of other names that you've never heard of, it's like every character is someone that you could name and identify. Um, but why? Why did they do the pacing thing then? Like, I, my my biggest gripe with it, outside of like the the constant Easter egg dropping, is that the show then chooses to write itself as if these characters have never lived in a Star Trek universe before. Like, sure, Ra- Raffi has never heard of the Q. You know? Yeah. Well, you know that's
2: startling.
1: Wh- how? What is? Who does know about Q? Really?
0: I I mean, I guess you could say that there are a lot of godlike beings, but like the Q gave us the the Q or the reason that we know about the Borg, for instance, and stuff like that. Like it it's I there's a lot I of Q f- members and like other series have had Q interactions and stuff like that. It's a I don't know. I, I feel like it should be as like I, I I'm spitballing. I, I feel like the Q would be as well known as like the Klingons or Borg in this universe. Like I don't think I don't, that, you know I don't know.
1: I that doesn't bother me that much because <clears throat> I, like, when I think back to the show, the number of people that Q actually interacts with is not really that many. And that sort of thing that has... They've they've run into the Q <clears throat> a lot fewer times than they've run into most of the other species. Mm-hmm. Uh, the well-known ones, anyway. And, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't really bother me. On the one hand, it's like, yeah, okay, sure. But... On the other hand, it doesn't really bother me that much because it is Q is kind of a thing where that is so heady that unless you've experienced it personally or have read the specific reports that Picard wrote or whatever, yeah, I, I I don't see a reason why everybody would need to know who Q is.
0: I I find it to be a like so I, I guess you could say that in the older Star Trek series, if someone said the Q there would not be this sort of record screech halt where no one is aware of what's going on. Some character would go, I've heard of the queue. The, and they would deliver a little bit of exposition about what they're supposed to be. And I think that the, the difference there is that that feels to me like a yes and kind of writing thing. And mm-hmm. Rafi going... Who the hell are these alphabet people is like this like pulls you out of the moment thing where you become aware that this is not really a universe that they're in. This is like a commentary on a universe at that point. Well, yeah, I guess I guess I I I have I could agree that the language
1: that they use is not great. But the, the actual concept of Rafi not knowing who Q is, I it doesn't really bother me that much.
0: Sure. Would you say that? Although, on the other hand, mm-hmm.
1: I'm sure, I'm sure Picard talks about what you get a couple drinks in
0: Picard. I bet all he talks about is Q. <laughs> she wouldn't know. They're clean and sober at this point. Mm-hmm. I, they're kind of minor. I guess I'll get off that, that track just because I think that it's like those are new Trek tropes that I generally just don't really agree with. Sure. I think that the larger problem for me is is the pacing thing that I talked about before. It's like 40 minutes of this episode is the characters apparently never realizing that they've been in alternate universes and they're like trying to figure out what this means. How could this be Picard saying Picard asking Q about 15 times in 20 minutes. He's like, what the hell is going on Q and Q never Mm -hmm. answers them and it gets a little bit frustrating. So let's talk about this mirror universe that they've moved into because it is a mirror universe for all intents Mm -hmm. and purposes. Um, Don't doesn't somebody say that actually do they do they just say I, this is like I, the mirror universe
1: no i think it's it's more it's it's more of those it's one of those things where it's like this is some kind of he's put us into some kind of mirror universe oh sure like where where they're not even close they're, reference they're, yeah like it's it's a reference being written in by the writers but the people who are saying it don't understand the reference if that makes sense yeah what do you want some kind of um, star trek <clears throat> exactly yeah. yes um i I might be wrong, but I thought somebody I thought
0: maybe seven says it at some point, but I could be wrong she might she might i i so the the biggest new Trek trope to me, and people have been discussing this on the discord, and uh they were talking about it before we had a chance to record so i 'm going to feel less intelligent for actually thinking a thought it's it 's that internet phenomenon where you think you 're smart until you realize that a million other people have thought things before you ever thought of them um, mm. the The problem with this mirror universe stuff, as said the fact that we've been through it a million times, is that I'm coming to this, um, as I mentioned on the Patreon special, one of the content consumptions a while ago, I read 1984 recently, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the problem with these mirror universe totalitarian things that Orwell nailed precisely is that in 1984, the universe that he built feels like a world that is, possible in our immediate future like mm. there that you can see yourself in that universe and the way that people go about it is a kind of exaggerated version of what you see now so it's like the two minute hate thing it, which is the propaganda sessions in 1984 is like a social media thing where it's a mob gets together and just gets infuriated about something and they all sort mm-hmm. of like rally around that idea there the, you know the group think there's the the ministry they call things the ministry of love it means the opposite and stuff like that It's, uh, you know, controlling language is a power source. And if you can control uh, control how people talk and what they're allowed to think, then you have all the power in that situation. All this stuff feels like things that you could actually, you see in your day-to-day life right now, right? Like I can go out and I see that. And I see the dark version of how something like that could come about. These totalitarian nightmares that they call them are so detached from reality that it's Mm -hmm. meaningless when you end up in it because there's no indication of how the federation or whatever slides into this setup there's no there's no ledge that i can grab onto where they go oh like this is where you know once they started doing this thing it all slid downhill and that's this is like a warning to be that kind of a thing the only thing that hints at here is that like it's laughable but like global warming is partially responsible for whatever happened yeah and it's it's so it's so broad and they're only doing it because people know that words like confederacy are bad and totalitarian is bad. And I just find it really frustrating because it's all window dressing and there's nothing actually under any of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've said this before. I said this all, all the time. We were talking about Mirror Universe on Discovery and I probably said it during Enterprise. The, the Mirror Universe is, is a tool to literally hold a mirror up to a dark version of your characters, right? And it's yeah. supposed to create Dwight works a, in TOS
0: so well because it's the easiest right. case to do that, yeah.
1: It's supposed to create an alternate universe where different decisions were made and <clears throat> shows you what could have been if if you did X, Y, and Z. I don't know who I'm supposed to hook into from that standpoint in this. Is it like if it's Picard I, I mean, is any of this really his fault? I mean, it, clearly, if the thing, if the change,
0: it happened three hundred years before. Right. This happened, if the change yeah. happened
1: in twenty twenty four, and this general three hundred years later is a megalomaniac, I'm not going to blame him.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, if that's the trajectory the world has been on, um, so like, and it's like, I don't. None of the other characters, they're not showing me like a dark version of what the, what they are. I don't know. It's just it, it, and so it's the same. And it it actually uh, it compounds it when you add in time travel because time travel stories are done for the exact same reason. Yes, time tra- time travel stories are meant to show you a possible future or, you know, the reason things happen or, or it's it's all based on like choices and changing things, and showing you like thematically, uh, um, mirrors and stuff like that. I don't know what this time travel thing is for i don't know what the the 300 years ago is going to be the thing where it's like oh i understand what they're going obviously that's why you watch the show to figure these things out yeah but but like i don't i just don't have a grasp on like what they're going for here other than let's just do an alternate future oh let's just do let's send them back in time and yeah it's this totalitarian government thing it just doesn't it, it. I agree with you. It doesn't ring true. It doesn't present a version of the the uh, present that um, is any different than. It's basically a, a a vision of the the present that's kind of like an internet argument brought to life. Yeah. Where it's like somebody goes, "Well, I mean, isn't the Federation really the villain?" Yeah. It's like, "Well, what if we expand on that and take it as literally as possible?" I found it was.
0: Um I feel I I don't know if it's explicitly doing this but I feel like it was a bad choice <laughs> not not that they had any control but it was a bad choice for this to come out during like the Ukrainian crisis that's happening mm, right now. Yeah. It's like it kind of undercuts because I don't know if they're going to do this but this this is coming from a kind of place where like it, it's making a very moral relativist argument about like we could be that bad kind of, you know. Right.
1: I I think that's that's the thing they're probably going for which is I I don't know if mirror universe works in that sense where it's like the mirror that you're actually, the thing they're actually reflecting is life outside the show. Right. Because I feel like that's probably the thing that they're going for where it's like, Oh, actually because of stuff that happens in our present 2024, it sends the world on a trajectory of, of, awfulness
0: yeah you better shape up if you want the gene roddenberry universe to, to yeah you gotta stop you, and
1: to, hey use, i mean start using teslas and stuff like that we're we're on track we're we're pretty damn close to world war three so yeah. it might be closer than people think yep. um, yeah um but but yeah it's a weird flex because <sighs> i don't know it's it's gonna they're gonna have to do some pretty interesting stuff coming up to sell me on any of this
0: well it's a To go back to your point about, uh, you were saying that you were hedging against. Someone will say that, yeah, like this is episode two. This is why we watch the show to see what's happening. This, this is we're we're just kind of repeating ourselves because this is what new Trek does. Like in a better written show, there would be a kind of hint at what is coming or what is happening to you. So like, they wouldn't explicitly say it, but you'd at least see some tracks on the ground that the writers are like, we know where we're going and we're going to sort of clue you in on how these things are working out at this point. There can still be a mystery, but you're at least going to be established in this space where you can recognize what the twist, what the twisted version is like why this is affecting Picard and, and the crew this way, why they would choose to make a decision that they're going to do. And New Trek doesn't choose to do that. It chooses to keep this relentless pace thing going where it's like, now we're in the now we're in this mirror universe and now everyone's gonna decide to do the right thing and switch back and there's no real time to spend sitting in what this universe means and where it came from and what it can mean for Picard. That's all gonna have to rely on the sci fi hijinks that are sure to come in the next couple episodes. And I think that's the criticism of it is that you're allowed to have mysteries like this, and you're allowed to build towards a finale, but you know this is like the sixth new trek season where people say, "Just wait till the finale wraps everything up," and you get there and you go, well, right. "It didn't wrap a goddamn thing up." So it's it's repetitive.
1: And like, what are, what do they actually gain narratively in this episode? Not much. They could that that, that they the could have done queen. in like ten minutes.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's y- my
0: thing. Whip out the tricorder and right. say, "This is a weird universe." Let's get the board Queen. Get out of here.
1: Yeah, it's just a strange. I, I agree. It's the pacing is so strange because it's like they're spending so much time having every single character go.
0: Whoa, this is crazy. Don't even really see all that awful of stuff. Like the the battle against the Vulcans is maybe the worst of it, but you don't see any executions. You don't see any. Right. You right. know, it's you, Picard watches a a strangely acted version of him pretending to be a totalitarian general, <laughs> which I didn't really care for, uh, and stuff like that. But it's not. I don't know. It's not like a bloodbath where they're horrified by where they are. And I know it's not that kind of a sequence, but yeah, At the same I, time, I Elnor just, cut the throat of like three guys, and yeah, blood was spraying all over. The place.
1: Yeah. Raffy didn't even bat an eye. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just murdered somebody. Well, a couple people, and she didn't even like go. Oh, Jesus Christ! Calm down, man. Yeah. <clears throat> he went straight for the throat. I mean, <laughs> first of all, the fact that the 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 Starfleet Delta is now a shuriken is pretty fun. Yes, that's fun. Uh Razor Blade Knife, that's pretty good. <laughs> um But yeah, it's uh I um I don't know why I, I this I feel like when you're dealing with the stuff, mirror universes and time travel, especially if you're doing both at the same time, you have to be pretty clear with your line of uh with your narrative line and causality and like what you're trying to say and stuff yeah and i think that's the biggest problem for me is i just don't know they're making it too complicated because it's it's a mirror universe thing but it's also time travel thing but it's also a mystery about stuff that happens in the present and it's just it's too much for something like this yeah something's something's
0: wrong with q at the same time yeah right
1: like i'm interested in that part yes i'm interested. I'm interested in um, – it explains why he's not acting like the Q that we we were talking about last episode. It seemed like he wasn't really acting like Q. Yeah, like I, I, was gonna, I was thinking
0: the same thing. I was, when, it, when this episode started, I was like, oh, Delancey's actually going a bit too broad too. But they mentioned that that's a choice. And so I, I applaud right. that, that acting decision at that point.
1: Um, and I'm really interested in the Girardi uh, Borg Queen moment at the end. Yes. Um, I'm really curious to see because that's an instance where I think they actually did some really nice storytelling because they've spent two episodes essentially setting Girardi up as someone who's kind of lonely all the time and doesn't really belong to anything. And then all of a sudden fucking Jerry Dandridge from next door (laughs) walks over and says, hey, how'd you like to be a vampire? Yeah. You know, like I feel like that's probably where that's going, which I find interesting because it's like from the Borg Queen's standpoint. I'm I'm fascinated by how they <laughs> how they think they're going to control her.
0: No, that's that's he, the 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 big problem is like. Well, that's the. I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's the that ties into my thing of why this takes 45 minutes before they recognize that there's a problem. There's like they're in an alternate universe. This mm-hmm. this Borg Queen is you know to go super like nerdy references like when Q introduces them to the Borg and that second season episode of TNG. He describes them as relentless. You'll just never Mm -hmm. stop them. They'll keep coming. You can damage them. They'll fix themselves. They'll keep coming at you. They are relentless. This is this whole thing about them. The Borg Queen should be a terrifying thing, right? Like the Borg Queen is not something that at the end of this, you just kind of willy-nilly plug into the ship to see what happens and stuff like that. Like you should keep your distance, It the thing should never be trying to stop going for what it's trying to go for. You shouldn't be like manually pushing it around on something. (laughs) I I find that all wearing it like a backpack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a ratchet and clank or something. I I just find that all really strange. And from a place that is so willing to like make Star Trek references, it's those fundamental character and like species interactions that I find they don't seem to understand very well. Or they're, they're, making, they're choosing to change them and not in a way that I feel is connected to what I know about them. So it's not that they're changing them and I don't like the change. It's that there's a change happening and I don't understand why they're doing this because I don't think that the story justifies Picard and them treating this most dangerous creature like she's an old friend.
1: Yeah. like The only, the only way that I'll, just, I'll be able to justify <clears throat> the way that they're treating the Borg Queen is if when they get back to the past the Borg queen immediately tries to start assimilating everybody she can possibly find. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, Oh, she went along with them because she realizes basically the plot of first contact. Right. First. <laughs> this is another ticket. The- <laughs> yeah. Just go back before the Federation happened to assimilate the entire planet and bingo bongo. We don't have to worry about the Federation. Yes. Who cares what timeline we're in? Um, <clears throat> So yeah, that's what uh, if she's just like, if she's just like helping, I don't know about that. But well, I, yeah, I you you don't just plug the fucking Borg queen like, into your ship. <laughs> that was that was the thing in the first episode everybody was
0: freaking out about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my hesitancy comes from the first season my often repeated thing is that that the Borg sequence of getting back on the cube and the cube powering up again was so mm-hmm. mishandled and does not understand what the Borg are supposed to represent. there, like I think it comes down to like 7 7 here talks to the Borg Queen a bit and she's like you've she gets angry she's like how many have you killed you've killed millions and to me it's a fundamental understanding of the fact that the Borg have killed a lot of people is not what makes the Borg scary to me right yeah. it's it's beyond that it's a greater thematic thing about they it's the 1984 thing. Like once they make you change your mind, they've beaten you. And they do that by forcing yeah. you to change your mind about stuff. And that's what's actually terrifying about them. The fact that they kill people is not the Klingons have killed millions of people. I'm sure, but you don't speak sure. to them in that way, you know? It just doesn't it doesn't align with what I expect from that species.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. Unfortunately, the just the Borg have just been on a downward trajectory ever since they first showed up.
0: <laughs> they have, but After, I feel you can rescue
1: them. That's what's so frustrating. I think so too. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But, uh, the, uh, yeah, I, they. I don't know why everybody wants to be friends with them. Yeah, I they, mean, they, they do. <laughs> I get, I get it to a certain point where it's like. You know the la- the final frontier for the Federation is is making peace with someone like the
0: Borg. Yeah, which um, is a nice mirror to in this the Mirror Universe, it's conquering them, which is I thought was cl- I, right. I, I liked everything about the Borg relationship in the Mirror Universe where they've actually beaten them. I thought that that was kind right. of neat. Yeah. Um.
1: But yeah, I don't know. It's I I I just. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Some, I, I have a feeling. You you were we were joking. You were talking about how how silly it is to you that they just have like a severed torso of a board queen yep. bopping around. Yep, being pushed and around. I, they're manually like pushing yeah. her around in a
0: little cart. Yeah.
1: And I I I said that I I feel like they're they might pull some bullshit sci fi shenanigans where when they go back to the past somehow she ends up visually looking like a a fully
0: like a human. Yeah. Which I wouldn't just be a human in a wheelchair just to explain like the no leg thing, just sort of like driving around. No, I mean
1: uh, I mean like full body. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's going to be like, oh, the Borg Queen is actually just a blonde person who doesn't require makeup.
0: This is great. She looks beautiful. Looks terrific. I I could actually see the Borg Queen being killed in the next episode after she sends them into the past. I could see that. Yeah, it's probably probably not a bad idea.
1: I mean, I think it's more fun if she sticks around. It is, yeah. You know... Especially because I think the, the the stuff with Girardi
0: is interesting. Um, I despise Agnes Girardi, though. What? <laughs> who? Who mandated that every show must have a female character that's neurotic and talks too much? Yeah. Where did this come? I from? did. I did
1: like her excuse that 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 long-winded, fast-talking excuse that she gave for seven what shots doing or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I like that. I thought that was fun. I think she's. I don't know. I, I I um I don't like that character. I don't think she was that bad in the first season, but she's she's just Tilly two point in this, and mm-hmm. we already have a Tilly. I don't I don't know why we need not in the show, but we already have so, one. in
1: discovery. My official prediction <clears throat> is that it's going to be Agnes inside that suit.
0: Yeah, she gets swayed um, by the the ways the conversation technique of the Borg, and then somehow flies back in time to warn Picard about something.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's going to be one of those things where she she is in fact like sacrificing herself. Yep. Um I don't so I don't know if that means by the end of the the se- they're only doing 3 seasons. I could see them writing that character out of the show very easily. Yes. Um, yeah,
0: no one's safe, I don't think at the show. Yeah. But mostly because so, so many of them are so unimportant that you could lose them at any moment and not care.
1: Yeah, and the way that they're setting her up as someone who's looking for a purpose and all this kind of stuff, I think I think it's probably going to be Agnes.
0: Did you find Patton Oswalt as the cat incredibly distracting? Yes. I found it unbelievably distracting.
1: (laughs) I love Patton Oswalt, but they keep hiring him for the same characters now. Mm. And his voice is so recognizable that it is incredibly distracting. (laughs) He plays and at the end of uh, spoilers for Eternals, but he shows up as a character at the end of Eternals that he's doing the voice for. And it's the same kind of character, where it's like it's just that Patton Oswalt kind of fantasy character yep. approach. Yeah. And it's, I like. There's so many people. Why does it have to be? I mean, I love him, but it's like there's a lot of other people out there. Yeah.
0: For I mean, for just it's just another thing of it. It takes me out of the the world. Like I I just don't feel that the sh- this show really respects the world that it's in all that much.
1: Yeah. You know, it's <clears throat> it's one of these things where it's like when we were going through TNG, right? One of the things that I brought up all the time that was kind of a running joke for me was the fact that they don't have photographs. Yes. Which they eventually do, and it is kind of weird when they show up. But like the fact that there is no photographs is like a a conscious choice that they've made for this universe. Right. And I don't feel that in these new Star Trek shows. These just feel like star trek and i mean uh, on the one hand it's like well you know they can do so much more now so they just expand your horizons to what the universe could be like it's like yeah but i mean it's all the same shit it's like nothing interesting it doesn't None of it feels like star trek it's and it just feels like the world itself is not really that considered in a way that it has been previously on previous shows yeah exactly um and yeah it just it just starts to pile up so when you get to Oh, everybody she she made herself a cartoon friend. It's like, well, that's I don't want to be I don't want to be one of those people who's like, well that's not Star Trek, but it's <laughs> it's kind it just it just feels like it's not really considered yes. for like the world that they're that they're occupying and the story yeah. they're
0: telling. Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree. Um I think otherwise Character-wise, I think that um, the show at this point is sort of struggling to r- understand why it has so many returning characters in it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel people are serving a particularly interesting purpose. Like, you know, Seven, just because they all move into positions where they can interact with each other, and it's all very convenient that they're all there. Uh, I think that... It's th-
1: so weird. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's so weird that everybody knows that they're in the wrong timeline, because usually how these things work is you go back in time, one person knows. And so then you get to be like, oh, shit, in this timeline, my best friend is a horrible murderer who also right. happens to be the president. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. So it is different that they're doing that, but it also feels weird because it does take that level of... of, uh, of um, introspection and what if away from it with everybody everybody who's on the show just knows that they're in the wrong timeline i'm not saying they shouldn't have done that but it's just an interesting choice
0: yeah it's i think it adds to another pacing thing it's like they're all separated but it's not really very difficult to get them all together you know even though they seem incredible distances apart from each other and trying to figure out where they are and stuff like that it doesn't ultimately amount to anything i thought that the um absolute worst scene in this. I thought it was Rios and Agnes having some kind of relationship conversation. Oh, Well, yeah. whatever what the hell was going on. Um I think that that's terrible.
1: When else are they going to do it when not in peril trying to decrypt a shield generator or
0: Got to talk about something Wes. I just I don't I don't like that. And mostly I don't like it because it rings so untrue to me as a conversation. Topic, like, or the way that they're going about talking about that. It's just like, it's not, it's if not. If anything, right.
1: that's the kind of conversation you have like three episodes from now. Cause I didn't even real I didn't even remember they were like a Yeah, I,
0: for, I forgot they were having sex. I didn't, too. Yeah. yeah. That Borg <clears throat> vagina ship just brought it all coming back to everybody. Um, anything else to talk about with this one? I, I like Delancey. Um, yeah, he was good. I like the fact that he's, he's acting, uh, he's broadening it up a little bit of the Picard picks up on the fact that he's getting sick or something's wrong with him. I think that that's the <laughs> most interesting aspect of it. I, the thing like I'm so much more interested
1: in the Q stuff. Yeah. And, but the thing about the Q stuff though, is like if I was Picard, I mean, I guess he's in a different timeline, so he can't do this. But if Q showed up and was like freaking out and glitching out, I would fuck those people. I'd go get data. And I'd go get, I mean, Data's dead, but I'd go get, uh, I'd get everybody on the Enterprise. I'd get those guys and be like, guys, Q is fucked up. Yeah. We need to go do something about this, which is why that's what I wrote it into the story that I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that's what they end up doing. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but, um, They can go find but, Lore. He's probably a good guy in this universe. That's true. Did you catch um, the
1: the king or whatever? He, I guess he must be like the founder of whatever is a Sung.
0: I saw that Spiner is in... He was in the teaser after the first episode that we didn't talk about, but he's in yeah, that briefly. Yeah, it's,
1: it's really quick, but there, in the one king? of those, like... Yeah, yeah. I don't know what he is. I think he's, like, the founder or something, because the, they do, like, a quick uh, crane shot going over, like, the city. Oh, that and statue thing? Yeah, there's, like, a hologram statue that says the whatever the dystopian line says is. Wait, he's the founder is. of the Confederacy? This, like I think so, yes. Oh, Wow. Yeah, because the, the voice that says it is very clearly Spiner's voice. Yeah. But you've only heard Picard say it up to that point, so I think it's very easy to miss it. But I did, as I, I heard it, I was like, oh, that's Spiner. And then I looked at the thing, and it's was like, that's his face too, but it's far away. Mm-hmm. So I think probably that's how, I, I assume that they're going back in time and whatever this confederacy is that's being founded is probably, the linchpin is probably him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Shame he can't be the, uh, the character from Independence Day and just tie that, yeah, in, tie that nice be great. Thing, uh, into a bow. Yeah. Um,
1: it's also a shame that the 2024 of Star Trek Picard is going to be much different than the 2021 or whatever it is from Deep Space Nine, where it was all just. <laughs> Homeless people <laughs> and street warfare.
0: Um, yeah, so I, th- I thought I think that we're done with this one. General takeaway is just I thought that this was just meandering and not yeah. as good as the first episode. And I think that it, it went back to its old new track well of tricks a little bit too often for me to really enjoy it. Although I w- like, I wouldn't say I hated this one on the level of discovery, but that's really damned with faint praise. Like I, I watched it and I was invested in it. I just thought it was far too long and not giving me the goods that I need to, to know right away. I need to know something yeah. about this universe and they just haven't given me that yet.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it just felt like it felt like running in place to me like they weren't really moving the story forward any meaningful way outside of the first five minutes and the last five minutes and even there it didn't. I mean, <clears throat> they weren't really moving it forward that much because like i said I, at the end of the episode i was like shit we have to do this again next week i guess
0: yes um teaser for next week doesn't look good either really i
1: don't think i saw it i saw a clip but i didn't I didn't see it i don't think i saw like a whole episode teaser
0: thing uh, yeah i saw it on youtube it wasn't after the episode but it was definitely a, a teaser for what the next what week.
1: was what was in it
0: it's a a lot of they, they there was no indication that they jumped to the past it was all um, in the totalitarian space range
1: oh it was okay because the thing i saw was a clip of the Borg queen taking control of the of the ship
0: yeah they showed the Borg queen in this teaser and she's sort of like strung up hanging from her wires from the ceiling yeah maybe yeah. it
1: is the same thing i saw okay well whatever Either but
0: it, it was just a lot of them flying around in the ship saying like get out of here we got to get out of yeah. here we got to get yeah. out of here that kind of stuff yeah, I yeah, I don't know, man. Um, why is it taking so long to just get to the point, is my thing? I don't know. Yeah. Great question. Because, like, if
1: you look at the last season, right, they had the thing with the the robot girl. And, you know, there's, like, something they're actively chasing there. And so I understand why they're doing all this other stuff on the road to figuring out what's going on there. Yeah. Um, I don't get that from these two episodes. And, like all of the things that they are putting in the way as like questions feel very kind of contrived and f- like if you even from the beginning of the last episode that teaser where it's like the stargazers under attack and the borg person everybody's blowing up and shit and then they do the two days earlier thing it's just like it's it's all seems very manipulative in a way that i can't parse out as being like a well told story
2: yeah yeah <clears throat>
1: so i don't know that that's what that's another reason why I was like I feel like I wish they had just started with this episode because it, maybe it wouldn't have been great but it at least would have got the
0: it would have made the
1: meandering of this episode feel a lot less meandering I guess.
0: Right, yeah, cuz you're just being reintroduced to the world and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. I guess we're done. Did you have any final thoughts or did I uh, did I just blank out what you said your your final piece you didn't yeah, like as much of, as first was, one? Yeah,
1: no, I didn't. Like imagine if imagine if the first episode of this se- season was picard having his talk with laris about like regrets and wishing he could do stuff differently or whatever and then he gets fucking blitzed and he passes out and then he wakes up the next morning and he's in an alternate future and then q's like hey buddy yeah guess what i mean i don't know that makes that seems like such more traditional yep pacing and 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 i don't mean that in like a like a like a uh I miss the way TV was back then, but it's just like it—it's getting to the getting to the goods quicker. You get a little bit of stuff at the beginning, and then it's in the future, and the, nobody knows where everybody is. You know, it's—it's—it just—it just seems a little bit a little bit uh, tighter to me to do it that way. But.
0: Yeah, for me, it's—it's it's not comparison to the old Trek styles. It isn't sort of tone and intentionality, as you were talking about. But I just think even as a as a as a storytelling product, as a narrative. I never think that these things are doing the right decisions in what they're choosing to do. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of... I, I'm shocked by how I frequently feel while watching this. I go, wow, this feels incredibly amateurish. Like, it, it yeah. just feels... It feels like people who have never made television before were allowed to make a show. And that comes down to, like, just how reliant on cliché it is, too. It's like... Nick Cliché? from 98 degrees exactly yeah my favorite member of that it just it, it's um so many moments in these episodes of picard and discovery are the tropey thing that would happen you know and it's not even right. like a star trek tropey thing it's just like this character says well that's a hell of a thing or something like that you know there's like i know that in that um strange new worlds teaser I, I could almost bet my life that he's going to be chopping wood and they're going to come up and say, <laughs> you, you need, Chris, we need you back. And he says, I told you I was out. And they say they took Betty or whatever. And that's going to pull him back in. You right. know, it's just like, it's all set up in this incredibly cliche to the point of parody way. And I feel that this but show you, is not much different.
1: The John Matrix special.
0: Yes. <clears throat> yeah. I would like to talk. I We didn't,
1: should we talk about the, that teaser at all?
0: We can. We got We got three minutes until the hour. So I think that'll
1: kill it. I, um... <clears throat> Well, f- first off, before we get into that, the one thing that would that would uh, 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 keep me really invested in Picard is uh, four words: Ben Cisco, Time Cop.
0: Yes, he could be the watcher.
1: Yeah, if they send if they send uh, Cisco back into the past to chase Picard, excellent. Um,
0: <laughs> I think that Avery Brooks would actually like be spectacular in that kind of a role. Oh yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Um. But yeah, the, the I have thoughts about that
1: teaser. Yeah, the riding the horse with the long hair and the beard. It's like I don't know when it became shorthand for television characters who have beards to be troubled. And yeah. then they say the we beard. need you back,
0: Chris, in that episode.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. Everybody, everybody does that now. It's like you got a beard at the beginning of the season until they're like you decide to come back into the shit. And then you'd shave your beard. I would, for once, I'd like to see the guy do the whole show with the beard. Yeah, just so you know, I So I, I, like I this can look. see myself <laughs> <representated>, represented <laughs> on TV. Representation matters is what I'm saying for me specifically and nobody else.
0: I, I didn't um, care for the Yeah, I, I didn't care for that teaser too much. I... I might've been overly negative. I thought that there was not an incredible lean towards episodic storytelling from mm-hmm. what I was looking at it. I watched it again and I th- I guess I can see a little bit of it there, but it, it's the overarching thing that they're pushing is this sort of hero's journey for Pike is what it sounds like. And yeah. I don't see that being an extremely episodic story.
1: Well, that kind of brings up a larger issue <clears throat> that I would like to talk about briefly. Um, I don't know why modern Star Trek with the exception of let's just say modern live action Star Trek is so goddamn bleak. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everything they've done is just evil mirror universe. Evil th- and I, and it's and it's like it's just so bleak and so doesn't make me excited for the future yeah yeah
0: it doesn't make me excited for the next episode of the show is the problem right
1: but it's just like you know star trek generally no matter what the show is no matter what part of the franchise is it is based in hope for the future that it will be the future will be positive enough that you know we can explore the stars and all that kind of that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it gets it gets dark every now and then. Obviously, like you know, Deep Space Nine got dark in a specific way. But Ben Sisko is still a Starfleet commander.
2: Yeah, he's trying he to do the right still, thing.
1: Yeah, he's trying to do the right thing. He's still part of this um, ethos that is generally a positive outlook on what is to come or what could come. These shows are so depressing, and they're all just about horror and negativity. And it's I I find them difficult to watch because of that. Like when they when I was watching that trailer, and it's like I assume I assume the the thing that Pike is struggling with is like the knowledge that he's gonna
0: die in a wheelchair yeah. or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, he'll be in a wheelchair. Yeah, I don't know. His, yeah, he, he gets cured at the end or something, doesn't he? So he's got happiness coming to him oh he does i thought he just went to the to the big head planet and died there uh i'm exposed but he he gets wheelchair bound and then they do something they send him back to the the fantasy planet so he can be happy Yeah, the then. cage yeah, yeah 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 that's a happy yeah, ending for a guy who's in a wheelchair i yeah, can't speak yeah i guess i yeah. guess
1: um but like even so when i saw that trailer i was like why does he have to have a fucking tortured past <laughs> Everybody has a goddamn <laughs> tortured past. Yeah, they he's do. He's dealing with baggage and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I, I, it just becomes hacky to me at a certain point. If he is dealing with the thing that he knows he's going to die, okay, sure. But like, I don't know. It's just, everything is so bleak and negative in a lot of shows, not just Star Trek, but like the fact that every one of these Star Trek shows is so dark and bleak. It's just... I get so exhausted by it. Yeah.
0: The difference to me is that, like, The Wire is a a bleak show, but The Wire is genuinely funny, too, at the same time. Sure. Like, it's this. My problem with a lot of modern TV that try to be prestige and are not prestige is that they think that the thing that made the show's prestige is that they focused on, like, serious material, but the great shows recognize that even in the darkest of times there is levity in characters' yeah. lives and, like, there are funny things that happen. Like, th- I don't know if you watch The Leftovers. That was the problem with The Leftovers' first season, and apparently they fixed it in the second season. But the first season was just so relentlessly bleak, and you're left yeah. sitting there like, someone surely must have been happy that the disappearing happened, right? There must be somebody right. in the world right. who's yep. happy yeah. and made a business off of this and is making money off of it or something. But they don't do that. And Star Trek is the same way. It's When they try to insert levity, it comes in as like the writers insert joke here moments. It's like it's not organic to anything. And I find it really frustrating and sort of um, tiring. I I think it's a... Honestly, to me, I think it's a... I mentioned this in the Discovery thing. It seems like some kind of generational shift where this Mm. is an extremely therapy, therapized... Generation writing these shows now, and they rely heavily on the fact that, like, just sort of an acknowledgement of emotion is enough to carry things, like, that's all that there is to stuff. And I just see a lot of I see a lot, I don't know how I would describe it. I see a lot of like the commercialization of emotion in it in a way that's not insightful, it doesn't make you feel better, it doesn't make you think about things in a different way. It's just a kind of dumb acknowledgement that people feel emotions at different points and it's it's um it's it's frustrating i had my rant in the discovery season it's written by a sort of like a generation that's coming up that doesn't really have a story to tell and mm-hmm. i think that's what, like the story to tell in the, this modern context is like what's happening in ukraine and the complexity and stuff there and this this group of writers doesn't seem to have anything about, like they missed Vietnam, you know? Like they missed, yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to always be war, but they missed like the bad times that like the the TNG and TOS writers came up during Vietnam and had something to say right, about right. it. And this generation came up during the 80s and 90s where things were genuinely like pretty good at that part for the most part. So
1: Well, it's, it's funny because I was just talking to a friend of mine about uh, – um, rock and roll music or in the 90s and how it's such a fascinating time for music because you've got like this alt uh alternative rock thing that comes up that is so got like such a very specific sound that only exists between like the years of 1991 and 1997 mm-hmm. and then it just disappeared off the face of the planet but it's like everything is so positive and it's it and it's all like it's like the 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 one time in it in the last fifty years where like white people felt happy and safe. Yes. and So like everything that was being put out because they were driving everything was just all like happier and and say, and I don't, I don't I'm I'm not oh. even saying that like is a good thing, but it's just like what do you mean by happier? Just,
0: I guess that, like uh, you're saying that they're happy in the grunge movement because I guess to just to clarify, I would say that. Grunge came about at a time where, since there are no larger problems, your internal problems take priority over everything.
1: Yes, yeah, it's like I think it's a it's a larger sort of uh, global thing where it's like for everybody in America, especially you know the people who had the money to to feel this way. History was over, as they called it. It was right. the end of history because everything was fine. Yeah. And so, like, even punk music and metal was kind of
0: positive. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. You
1: yeah. know? And then it starts to taper off. But it's like, I mean, could, could swing music have ever come back without... <laughs> white people feeling way too good about themselves
0: it shouldn't happen well that shouldn't happen i always have that thing that's why you're you're overlooking something guys that's why white people like to camp because they're like they subconsciously (laughs) know they've had it too good so they're like i need to lie in dirt for the nights to just know to punish myself and that's why i think that's what anti-vax sentiment is largely it's like things are too good i'm not i'm not going to allow things to continue to be so good so i and that's what i think that this this writing crew is it's like it's it's just born of, like, this, like, what's the what's the problem in these shows? I don't yeah, really I understand. Yeah, I mean, the, the, biggest, the biggest thing that, that
1: popular culture and, like, the, the people had to deal with through the 90s was the fact that the president had an affair. Yes. Basically. And, yep. I obviously, I am 100%. I know other stuff, real stuff was happening in places outside of the United Kosovo, States. Clay. Yeah, no, I'm 100% aware of that. But, like, <laughs> a, a lot of people weren't really paying attention to that stuff. Mm-hmm doesn't Uh, impact this country anyway
0: yeah doesn't impact our lives
1: yeah we get blinders this country has blinders on about all that stuff um but it's like yeah i think there's that certain thing where it's like now it's kind of swinging back the other way where you think about all of the things we've experienced in just the past 20 years and it's like Mm. it's just a ton of shit that that there was 10 years or so maybe 15 years or so where Everything kind of was like okay, you know, the the wall came down and stuff, and like whatever. Mm-hmm. And then now the the pendulum's kind of swinging back the other way, and now people after people are living through stuff again.
0: Maybe we'll have great Star Trek episodes in five years. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> I was, that was, was that's say.
1: always the kind of like cynical take is like, man, it's great that there's a totalitarian who's the president now because mm-hmm. imagine how good the art's going to be. It's yeah, like, yeah, okay, sure, I, I guess, but I prefer. That's right. Yeah.
0: That's right. No, I know. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I,
1: I apologize if everything I just said came off as like tone depth because I'm I'm try I'm trying to find the pocket of this where I can talk about it, but also it be understood that I, I know that this everything I'm talking about only applies to a certain level of like um, privilege for back lack of a better word. Sure. The so, makers. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I don't wanna I'm I hopefully I didn't sound too ignorant of all of the horrible things that were happening in the
0: 90s well we can we can talk about how uh rap music of the 90s ignored the horrible horrible impact that that (laughs) that the culture was was having on uh, the inner city uh black youth of that time and everything like that we'll do that in the next episode penance is this one and it's done so thanks everybody for listening I don't know what else there is really to say about this one. Thanks for supporting the show and Patreon, all that stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Means a lot. Hope you enjoyed this. No one else is listening to it. And uh, <laughs> we'll be back with the next next eight episodes of this. There's only 10 in this season of Picard, I think. And I don't know what the next one is called. I don't think they've released that yet. But they have to go into the past in the next episode, right? They have to? I I seriously hope so. They must. Has to be a reason. Um, should we just do random quick prediction? Um, are you, do you want to go with your prediction that Girardi becomes the Borg queen from the first yeah. episode?
1: Yeah, I think it's got to be her or it's got to be a character we haven't met yet.
0: I'm trying to think of what Q's sickness could mean. Is it just yeah. that he wants to, he's desperate for Picard to learn his lesson at this point? Is that all that's motivating him? I don't know, because like that's another thing that's confusing. Is like, so this
1: thing happens in the year twenty twenty four. Why are you blaming Picard? Right? Or, yeah, I mean that's like what is the penance he's time? Ta- I mean, I guess obviously that's I guess part of the thing we're going to discover.
0: But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. We we can we can we can you uh, use the Discord for like. Uh, what don't don't you
1: think that this might have been a more interesting inroad to this story if uh so you know, they show up I don't know, maybe I guess this is kind of what they did do, but if if they uh they get that distress distress call, the Stargazer goes and picks up Jean Luc, they show up, and then as the Borg is like, Hey, we need help, Picard is like, No, fuck these people, blow them all up. And, like, immediately they just they just open fire and just everything destroys this Borg ship. Mm-hmm. And then he gets ripped into this other alternate dimension where it's like, yeah, you know, that's what happens when you're just a dickhead and don't listen to people when they're trying to ask for help no matter who they are. Right. Whereas, I mean, technically that's happening because he's calling for the destruction of the ship, but I don't know. It's not really thematically laid into in a way that I feel like that's what they're going for.
0: I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's it's an interesting... I guess my problem with that storyline would be that it's a, um, I find it sort of uh, wrong to try to humanize the Borg too much. Mm -hmm. Like humanize them Mm -hmm. in a sense where they are somehow sympathetic characters because I think that they're built to be totally unsympathetic, really. Right, yeah. Um, So I don't know. Like it would be tough there if it's like, Picard starts slaughtering Borg, and then he jumps into this alternate timeline where the Borg have been slaughtered, and it's like a tables have turned for humanity kind right. of thing. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. I, I'm just, I guess, I'm just trying to. I'm my brain is trying to figure out how these things could be th- all thematically connected. Yeah, and I wonder if if am I not giving the show the time to breathe, or is that something that should have been? sort of laid out no in some it should have fashion. been there from the
0: start they, yeah. they that thing it's it's completely unacceptable when q just goes you know why you're here picard and john luke has this shocked look on his face and then they cut to the next scene and they never talk about what the hell they're talking about for any reason mm-hmm. my um here's a question go ahead I'm sorry go ahead well the the my crazy prediction will be agnes dies this season even if she's yeah, not I, the borg queen she will <clears throat> die at some point
1: yeah, she. They're setting. They're definitely setting her up for some sort of sacrifice or something. Like it. It feels like that's the way they're going. Um, I was going to say, here's a question: How come this isn't the episode that Guinan's in? In Why the alternate Picard,
0: future, you mean?
1: Yeah. Because yeah. remember the last time this happened, Guinan knew what was going oh, on. Oh, that's How come right. he doesn't yeah, go to Guinan's place and go <laughs> Guinan? What the hell's going on? <laughs>
0: that's a good point. He should. He should check in with her. She would know. That's a great scene in yesterday's Enterprise. Maybe That sure. would have been like yeah. such a better
1: way to introduce her, too, if it's just like, what the hell's going on? He's like, I know someone who might have some answers to this. And then, <laughs> oh, it's the 10 forward bar. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm old now because I, the writers made me come up with a reason.
0: <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening.
1: We will see you next week.